Hey folks and welcome to another episode of the Creator Toolbox. This is the show that's all about the nuts and bolts behind a creator business. I'm Colin Gray from the podcast host, as always, joined by Jacob too. And this week we've got Ariel. Hi Ariel. Hey, how's it going? Not too bad, not too bad. So Ariel, uh, if you're listening out there, I'm sure you know who Ariel is, Ariel Nissenblatt. Ariel uh, is uh, an epic creator. Sure, she's got loads of good suggestions for us today. Runs, um, well, works now for Descript as well. So you're the community manager for Descript now, aren't you, Ariel? That's right. Yeah, perfect. And what about your other stuff? You've got a bunch of hobby stuff. What, what's kind of a top line of your um, your other podcasting activities as well? Yeah, big hobby person, big podcast <laughs> hobby person. My main thing is that I run a podcast recommendation newsletter called Earbuds. And I love it. I've been doing it for seven years and two days. Oh, wow. wow. I didn't know it was that long. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Cool. Good stuff. So yeah, go and check out Earbuds. Where can they find that? Where's Earbuds at? Earbudspodcastcollective.org. Sweet. Okay, cool. Right. So we've got our toolbox uh, ready. We've got everything we're going to talk about today all set. What's our first ones then? Jacob, do you want to kick off this week? I don't think you've gone first yet. Well, Let's see. Yeah. What's your first tool of the day? Okay. Um, yeah. uh, my, well, <laughs> it would be unlikely to talk about AI, but I'm going to talk about AI. Um, I have grown <laughs> very unhappy with ChatGPT. Now, lo- loads of people are using it. Lots of people have used it for loads of different things. But a lot of the things that I like to use it for are to do with um, sort of my, my writing workflows and ideas generation and all that kind of stuff. And I think... It's gotten really lazy. I think a lot of people have been talking about that. It's not just me. I'm not just kind of like gotten very old very quickly and and forgotten how to prompt it. But it's it's yeah, it's went kind of really downhill. Loads of people are cancelling subscriptions and all this stuff. Um, so wow. I'm not sure what's going up with it. But what I'm looking at just now and what I've actually had a really good time using this week as part of my work, uh, my writing workflow is Google Gemini, which is I believe they just rebranded Bard. And they put their updated model on it. But I found it to be way, way more conversational, way more natural in the way that it comes back to you with writing. So like one of the ways that I like to use it is I will write a really messy draft that I intend for no one else to see in this world apart from me and whatever my AI tool of choice is. And I'll say, do me a favor, help me pick out some of the things that are really bad and really good here. And it'll kind of go through it. I'll make some suggestions and I'll, you know, I'll do that a few times until I get to a place where I'm comfortable with it. And then I don't really need the AI anymore. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm happy off doing my thing. Um, I've, I've made a shape of what it is that I need to do. And yeah, I found it way, way, way better than maybe actually than ChatGPT ever was. Um, so yeah, that's not, not, not a long one, but I think it's worth checking out. It's also free. Um, I think you just need to have a Google account. Mm-hmm. Don't, there probably is a paid plan, but I've not been prompted to upgrade or anything like that yet um yeah worth checking out interesting are you using uh using either of them at all ariel what are you using these days in terms of ai uh uh not really um i'm literally looking at google gemini right now though so this is a very useful show for me (laughs) already um in terms of ai all I really use in my podcast production workflow is what's built into Descript. So mm-hmm. a few of the like, uh, you know, cut out um, spaces between word gaps, we call it. Yeah. I use the studio sound um, removal of background noise. And sometimes I use the summary features that are powered by ChatGPT, I believe. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Yes, it goes back to that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm finding that it's the like time codes and stuff like that, whether I'm putting them into our uh, podcast descriptions or whether it goes onto YouTube, you know, repurposed. I think that's about the best one because it's so painful going through and trying to find like yeah. your chapters and your time yeah. codes and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, really, really it's helpful to just have, you know, somebody do it for you and maybe it's accurate maybe it's not but it gets you there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's a first draft you can yeah. go in there and edit it after that yeah for sure <laughs> cool what, what jacob what is it actually better at you say it's better than chat gpt ever was like what are, is it just speed is it accuracy is it creativity what's the difference it's, it's the way of writing so one of the things now i i tried for a while i thought you know I, Got really excited with ChatGPT, and I thought, "Wow, that's brilliant! I'm never going to have to write a landing page ever again, or an email. I was just going to be able to spit them out with this." But it never really kind of that was never going to happen um, in the way that it's been because it has a really sort of predictable way of writing. Everything is oh, well, there's particular words that it keeps using over and over, no matter how, how many times you tell it not to, like the word elevate, right. elevate your podcast, do this and do that. Like it just <laughs> it has these really horrible <laughs> gimmicky kind of approaches to, to copywriting where kind of written copy was never going to be any good. But the thing that I found with Gemini is that it was actually, the best way I could describe it is conversational. It felt a lot more like mm. it was just someone explaining something to me rather than kind of like really aggressively trying to sell me something using yeah. 90s copywriting techniques that kind of thing yeah, it, yeah <laughs> it's it's um yeah. i thought it was quite impressive in that regard yeah cool perfect all right good stuff all right let's move on to the next one ariel what have you got for us what's your career tool have you heard of duck bill uh, no okay no, i'm very I'm excited presuming this- it's not our Actual duck bill, yeah. <laughs> this is a, a tool that I became aware of just a few months ago. It's getduckbill.com. Mm-hmm. It is a personal assistant. You you pay for it. Mm-hmm. You pay money for it. You pay, I think it's $100 US per month, but you can ask it to do anything. And I, I would file this under not specifically a creator tool, but it helps creators stay productive tool. So it helps me stay productive. Yeah, for example, yeah. I need a new doctor, but I don't want to do the research myself. I say, hello, Duck Bill. Could you please find me a doctor within a five-minute subway ride of my house that is uh, you know, within my preferences? So I want a woman. I want um, somebody who cares about you know X, Y, and Z, who specializes in X, Y, and Z. Would you please find – would you make a list for me? Great. I can also say I'm going on a trip to Munich for Radio Days Europe and I need a hotel and I don't know what the cool neighborhoods are in Munich. Could you research for me what the cool neighborhoods are in Munich and find me a hotel within this price range that has a flexible cancellation policy? And then it makes me a list. Also, I'm traveling. Do And I need a new backpack. Can you make me a list of backpacks that like are functional and versatile and that are maybe on the secondhand market and it makes you a list. It's really great. You can ask it to do it's I think we're in the early stages, so I can ask it to do as many tasks as I want per month. So I am bombarding it with tasks. <laughs> Who knows if they will change the pricing model, but it has been really, really helpful. That's really cool. How, this, how much does it cost? A hundred US dollars. Is this a real person on the other end? So it's, it's not cheap, but what it is is um if you know how to work it it makes it really worth it i was previously considering hiring a personal assistant so this is much cheaper than that yeah yeah what what was that jacob you asked it was a real person yeah is it a real person on the other end or is it is oh that's quite cool combo real people and ai i think it's mostly 
real people who are fielding the requests and then deciding if they can offload some of those things to AI. So for example, you know, if I ask them to, they might have systems in place that when I ask them for a doctor, they go to ZocDoc and maybe knows how to pull a script from yeah. doctor search engines. But yeah. I always get a response from people. And the way that I know that that is the case is because there are some weird typos in there. Typos and like grammatical errors that I don't think a robot would make <laughs> in the <Yeah>. responses. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And what are some of the, some of the other uses? Is it just like lots of these things that you mentioned? It seems like kind of like research, pulling together lists of things. Yeah, I've been using it for a lot of lists, but let me go into my dashboard and give you some examples. Oh, yeah, real life. I love how so they've it, got a super cute dog in the front page here. That's uh, how they're selling the app. Yeah, duckbill.com, yeah. Um, so th what I like about it is similar to what I, I just looked at the Gemini homepage, and it gives you suggestions, which I thought was really helpful. So they do that too. So um, they can say help maintain marble floors. So th th that's one of the suggestions. And then I click on that and it says, we have marble bathroom floors and I'm constantly cleaning them and worrying about spilling them, spilling on them slash staining them. Can you help me figure out the best options to get them really clean and the best way to maintain them? So that's not my thing. That's a, that's a community suggestion. And then if I were to press next, it would say, maybe that would be a chat GPT generated list of how to maintain my marble floors, but most likely not because as we know, chat GPT and Gemini and all of these AI related um, tools are, are actually giving us generic advice and maybe hallucinating to a certain extent. So my guess is that they are doing some research. Um, I This is a request that I put in a few weeks ago. I My friends asked me to, to I was about to say moderate their wedding. <laughs> my friends <laughs> asked me to officiate their wedding in um, Italy in September. And I have no idea what the rules are for that. So I was like, I, I asked uh, Duckbill, I said, can you find out what the legalities are of me officiating a wedding in Italy? That's something that I just don't want to deal with looking up. And I <laughs> asked some friends in real life, and a lot of people had differing opinions. A lot of people were like, okay, they'll probably do a courthouse wedding beforehand. Other people said they might not do a courthouse wedding beforehand. And if that's the case, then you will need to become like a universal life minister or whatever. So I was like, <laughs> I I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ask Duckbill. <laughs> Nice. That's cool. I like this a lot. I'm going to have to try this out. It's really yeah. interesting. And I'll say this. They are female founded and they're based in Boston. So near me, I, I'm in New York. And they, I think it's, it's still relatively new. So <clears throat> I did a, a call with one of the people on the founding team just to like talk about my use cases. And it really feels like they're still in the beginning stages that you might be able to have really? an impact on on how things go. So as somebody who works in software, I appreciate that very much. Yeah, it's always a nice point to jump in when you think it's, yeah, it's actually influenceable. You yeah. Know? It's really good. And it's, uh, you're absolutely right. Like there's going to be a, there's going to be a lot of people using AI for this kind of thing, but yeah. actually pay a little bit more and just be certain that it's actually got a bit of fact checking, a bit of trustworthiness mm -hmm. behind right. it. It's actually worth a lot. Yeah. I know. mean, another, another one that I did, I'll just try to give a unique example is I needed no, that's not a good one. Okay, so here's one. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get a new dresser and a new couch. And I got a new dresser and a new couch, but they both arrived before I could sell my old dresser and old couch. So in my tiny New York City apartment, I had two dressers and two couches. <laughs> and I <laughs> needed to sell one dresser and one couch. And I tried to put it on Facebook Marketplace, tried to put it on Craigslist, whatever. 
Uh, but it was too much work and I had to deal with other things. I do a lot, as you said, in the podcast yes. space. And I just did not have time <laughs> to be dealing with selling my dresser and couch. So I said, help yeah. me sell my dresser and couch. And they said, OK, here are the things that you need to do. Um, we're going to make you an account on Craigslist. Here's the password if you ever want to get into it. Can you just send us a picture and let us know a little bit about the couch, what kind of condition it's in? But also we'll be able to tell some of that from the picture. So they did it for me. <laughs> Nice. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Cool. I mean, that's a really good illustration of actually, you know, the tools that help us as creators or just in life actually help different. Like your hobby, a lot of your stuff's done in hobby time. Therefore, if you end up like shifting a couch in your hobby time, maybe you don't get to put your, you know, your newsletter out that's one right. week or something like that's that. Right. So, yeah, anything that helps us make more time in our lives, more space helps us with this creating that we want to do. All right. So mine kind of relates to that in a small way. Um, it's a research tool, but it is well, probably not related to be fair. It's a research tool, but it's AI based, but it's around being able to find uh, things to actually create content around. And it's a site um, which uh, collates research and basically offers it up with summaries in that research around, you know, the numbers, around the outcomes, around the really specifics around it. And it's called Consensus, consensus.app. And it's just, I've just found it's a goldmine for content. I've got totally addicted to getting in there, just asking all of the questions that I wanted to ask that generally um, you get really biased answers to. And that's the thing I'm finding it great for, actually, because you put in th something like, <clears throat> so like a health and fitness question or something. I've used it for a few things like this. Like, uh, is uh, you know magnesium actually good for helping your sleep, for example? Loads of the health and fitness, you know, podcasts out there yeah. bang on about uh, certain protocols, certain supplements, certain approaches and say, oh yeah, this is definitely, uh, definitely the right way to go. And then you look into it and actually there was one research study done once five years ago that involved three people that showed a little bit of an improvement or something like that. And so it's actual nonsense. Uh, so as kind of, I've, I've got a bit of a science background, so I kind of start digging into this stuff anyway, but this actually helps anyone do that. Like you can just get the AI to actually find an answer to your question. It looks up every single paper that's ever been published on that subject and just summarizes the results in a totally unbiased way. So it's been really cool. So I've been finding like all sorts of different content ideas in there. And I think just about anyone who's creating content could probably find some nice uh, kind of juicy stats in there or something controversial or something that fact checks another person in your in your space um, I don't know about you guys I've seen a lot of this going out these days like people actually calling out the kind of bigger names on things that they've got wrong have you spotted any of that hell yeah oh my god threads is a yeah. gold mine of horrible podcast related advice <laughs> oh my god <laughs> okay <laughs> Uh, what, any good examples? Any terrible Yeah, there's ones? a lot of people out there who are, um, you know, talking about how re reviews on Apple Podcasts will influence your, will boost you up in the search algorithm, oh, yeah. which yeah, yeah. according to Apple years ago is not a thing. Not true. Yeah. And it is, it's not a bad thing to get reviews, but just... I, I implore the folks out there to to stop saying that it's a correlation. You know, just because yeah. you get tons of reviews does not mean that you are going to be, you know, shooting up in the charts. It's good for social proof. It's good so that people know that somebody else was there and that they're listening. That might cause people to listen, but it's not doing anything to your chart positioning. Yeah, And I'm literally totally. typing into consensus.app, do reviews on Apple Podcasts do anything? <laughs> and I'm going to see what it says. 
Yeah, yeah, cool. Well, report back. <laughs> what about you, Jacob? You spotted any of these? <sighs> yeah, <laughs> but it, it, that's not anything new. <laughs> I don't think. I think maybe well, I know, it's, I, it's not really it's okay. easier for yeah. people to to kind of I don't know come up with uh, well articulated falsehoods now. Maybe, but people have yeah. always been talking shit about everything like since the beginning of time. true yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know i think the trend i'm kind of noticing is that people are getting a lot of um growth a lot of hype by calling out these i think the one i've spotted in particular that i can't even remember the name of the creator maybe i should mention him on the next show but he's been calling out a lot of the guests on huberman lab particularly oh, so yeah. huberman brings on all these guests oh interesting they, they talk about their, you know, scientific research or their opinion. In fact, most of them are not even scientists. Most of them no. are just kind of faux experts. And dudes. They talk about something. Yeah, exactly. Nearly all <laughs> white dudes. Uh, and he's been basically calling out a load of the stuff that they talk about on this show has been absolute nonsense and showing the research behind it, the papers. Wow. Um, and to be fair, I've not dug into what this other guy has actually proffered as evidence to his call out. So he could be talking just as much shit as um, the guest on Huberman. But I've just I've just noticed that as a wee trend, mm. not just there, but elsewhere. It seems to be a new growth tactic, trying to piggyback you know, on a bigger, um, yeah, go for it. The other thing I've noticed is like <laughs> a weird amount of positivity. And that's going to sound really weird. But like, kind of like, almost to oh, the level positivity. of toxic positivity. Now, like, it's what I imagine it might have felt like, uh, 2000, 1999, when we're all in the dot-com bubble, where everything is awesome, everything's perfect, everything is very, very exciting, and everyone's just far too positive about it. And everyone's sort of feeding into one another, making them feel like, I don't know, there is no limit. Until there is a limit and the bubble bursts. I don't know. That's the one thing that I've noticed recently. You know, I've just thought that's just a little bit weird. Things are just getting like a little bit sort of like post reality. Um, just going to keep an eye on that and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Call, I heard it here first. Jacob's calling the uh, the drop off of something or other. I'm not sure mm, what exactly. Drop off bubble. positivity. It's all going to die off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, any other tools at all come to mind before we move on to the next? Have you ever shouted out, there's a podcast called The Productivity Show. Mm -hmm. Do you know okay. this? No, not come across it. No. It's a great show. It goes comes out every Monday and it's all about creator tools. And they do a section at the beginning of their podcast mm -hmm. that shouts out creator tools. So oh, cool. I feel like I should shout them out because then if nice. you go to their podcast, you can- get even more- so many tools and they're all really useful and it is i've definitely first of all i have googled already both of the things that you two have mentioned and i do the same when i listen to that show yeah. it's just a great way to be exposed to mm. tools so excellent a tool Brilliant. for a tool I'm nice a tool. <laughs> i'll have to get in touch with that i'll have to listen yeah we'll see if we're uh, we'll stop it we're stepping on their toes by the sounds of it but uh, <laughs> no no, <laughs> no, no, no. they do they do a lot beyond just uh tools yeah that's just how they There's kick off room. the show yeah, cool. Okay, perfect. All right, next section we always go to is Creator of the Week. And of course, since we've got you on, Ariel, you're our Creator of the Week this time around. Uh, we'll come to yours as well. So is it all right if we ask a few questions about your process? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Jacob, do you want to kick off? Yeah, you sort of suggested doing this, so yeah. go for it. Um, 
simple question. How did you get started creating? When did you start creating? What was like your first sort of job or hobby where you maybe thought of yourself as a creator? Uh, it's, I, I did not think of myself as a creator at the time when I started my newsletter, but now I know a lot of newsletter writers consider themselves creators. So I started Earbuds Podcast Collective in 2017 and I started it just on Gmail and it was ugly and it was inefficient and I think that it was not what it could have been. I know that. And I did not think of myself as a creator at the time. I just thought of myself maybe as a community builder, maybe as an ideas person, but it took me a while to actually say I am a creator. And then even in 2019, I started the podcast that goes along with uh, Earbuds Podcast Collective, which is called Feedback with Earbuds. Even then, I, I still wouldn't necessarily consider myself a creator um, because it was just sort of, I don't know, the term maybe seems self-indulgent to me. Um, but then I started a podcast in 2020 with my friend, um, like right when the pandemic started, we were like, we're going to make a podcast. And that's when I was like, I guess we're creators now. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I, I still, even to this day, I I, I, I chafe at the the name. Of, I chafe at being called a creator. Um, yeah. And it could be because I work full time for software companies. I've been working at Squadcast for three years and then recently Descript acquired Squadcast. So I, I think my identity is firmly rooted in the fact that I'm a full-time job girly, <laughs> but and I love software and I love software that empowers other creators. So maybe that's why I chafe at it is because like I ultimately see myself as somebody who empowers other creators to create. Mm. But yes, I, I do put out a lot of content. I put out two. I put out a daily podcast. I put out a weekly podcast. I put out a newsletter every week. I put out another newsletter every two weeks or so. So. That's a lot of creating. I just still yeah. don't consider myself a creator for some reason, but it's all <laughs> semantics. It's all, yeah. it's all. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, though. it's funny how we react to words, isn't it? There's mm -hmm. like, a, in our world, it's um, entrepreneur, that word. Mm -hmm. I hate that word because like so many people kind of use it in bad ways. Yeah. And it's just, I heard, it just has... somebody, somebody called me a portfolio entrepreneur, which I liked oh, okay. because yeah. it, it, I forget who, and I wish I could credit them, but. They were like, you do, you do a lot of things that all sort of contribute to this idea that you are a person in the podcast space. And that is building your portfolio. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm a portfolio entrepreneur. So I'll go with that. <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> how do you, what are your systems? You said you put out so much stuff. What do you, how do you manage it all? Like oh. actually, I'd love to hear a bit more about the process, like the actual system you have behind there, getting there is no system. every single week. <laughs> Thank you so <laughs> much for thinking there's a system. Um, no, I'm, I'm extremely inefficient. I think that I, I, I've been saying this on podcasts for years. I need help. I need, <laughs> I need somebody to watch me for a day or for a week and be like, here's where you are losing time. Here is how you could be better at doing what you do. Um, I use Duckbill to help organize like the, uh, the things in my life that need organizing. And then from there, that allows me to do the, the day to day. So for organization purposes, I do a lot of, um, I use a, the reminders app on my phone. So I use that for everything, every little thing I use Siri and I tell, um, Siri to remind me to do something at a specific time. I use a lot of Marquez Unread, like a lot of Marquez Unread, oh, yeah. whether it's for yeah. Slack or for Gmail um, or for anything that you can mark as Unread. That's how I know that it is still left isn't, to do. 
isn't it really frustrating that like text messages are the only thing that don't let you do that? You can so do that wish. now on iMessage. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Okay. Huge. Mind All you blown. have to do is swipe it. Thank God, because I was losing friends. <laughs> <laughs> I caught it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was bad. Um, yeah. So a lot of marking is unread. This seems like such a simple system, but it really that's how I know that something has not been done. Yeah. Um, I also use the the tasks manager on Gmail in order mm-hmm. to write things for myself and I give as much detail and as and dates as possible. Um, for work, we use um, Notion. So Notion has been really helpful. I'm learning about some of the AI integrations there. Uh, we also use Linear. Mm-hmm. Um, so also learning about that as a project management software. Um, I'm relatively familiar with Airtable, but I don't use it for any of my personal projects. Um, and then other than that, I do not feel like I am somebody that you should be asking for advice on this. <laughs> not that you're asking for advice, but truly I need help. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you get the energy though? to keep, to keep, because the amount of stuff that you're putting out is insane. And to have no, like, you're not, you know, you're not waking up at 5am and doing a cold plunge by the sounds of it. <laughs> <laughs> like how do you how no. do you keep no going? i wish so i would do that <laughs> um i love it i i think the podcast world the audio world audio creators video creators are so there's so much out there and the only piece that i think about strategy wise is at least once a week i try to share a resource that i think is useful for folks who are creating whether it's audio or video or both other than that, all everything that I post on social media is fly by the seat of my pants. It's, you know, hope for the best. This is helpful for me, so hopefully it'll be helpful for you. I guess the only other thing I'd add to that is I see myself as an anti-gatekeeper, I guess a gate opener. I, I just think, like, if I know something, you should probably know it too. Um, so I try to share that. So those two principles generally inform how I post and share and then how I write in my newsletters if my newsletters are going to have a little bit more to them than just podcast recommendations. So that's how I see myself. Yeah, I love that. That's really cool. It's kind of, I think that that always comes through in your work. In oh, good. Everything you put out, like your newsletter, your social media, everything at all. Because I think it's why I resonated with it when I first came across your stuff. Because I feel, yeah, we've always just like written everything and recorded everything and putting it out into the world and you hope something comes back. And luckily yeah. things yeah. have over the years. And it's it's just a nice way to exist, I think. Yeah. Um, on that note, though, like the thing that creators often struggle with, makers, content, content marketers, whatever you want to call it, is actually being able to pay the bills from that stuff. Like, do you do you monetize your other content? Do you earn from it at all? Your earbuds and the like. Can you tell us about yeah. that? Yeah. So I do uh, earbuds. I started running ads on in twenty eighteen. I want to say, and you know. At the start, it wasn't necessarily a fully systematized uh, endeavor. You know, I didn't have like a a page where you could go to check out my ad options. It was really people reaching out and saying, you know, can I advertise in this newsletter? And I was like, yeah, sure. Uh, Here's how much it should cost. I had no idea. So over time, I figured that out. I use a system now called Passion Fruit, F-R-O-O-T. And it allows me to have a page where you can check out all my advertising options, what you'll get from that. You can even send in the assets 
there so I don't have to do too much back and forth with you because I was doing that for a really long time. Uh, people would go to earbudspodcastcollective.org, scroll down. They would see advertising options. They would see what what an ad in this section of the newsletter entailed. And then they could click on buy this ad and that would take them to an an email. And then they would have to say, I would like to buy this ad. And then I would say, great. What when would you like it to run? So that, that was a lot of manual yeah, back and forth. Yeah. Uh, Passion Fruit allows you to do all of that within their system. So I started using that around a year ago, and that's been really, really helpful. Um, uh, so that now the newsletter is monetized to the point that I am not losing money on MailChimp. And sometimes I'm even in the positive month over month, um, depending on I don't do any um, outbound marketing in order yeah, to sell yeah. ads. Everything that I have in the newsletter has come to me. I don't have time to do outbound marketing. I have a full-time job. So thankfully I have that flexibility. I have that, you know, I'm, I'm able to make that work. Um, yeah. Trailer Park, the podcast trailer podcast is one of my weekly podcasts. It is a podcast about podcast trailers. That one is monetized in the sense that we have advertisers who, um, you know, want shout outs on our show. So right now we're sponsored by OSHA, which is a podcast hosting platform. And we are sponsored by uh, FanList, which allows us to have a fan page for our podcast so people can call in, people can leave us tips, people can just interact with us on fanlist.com slash trailer park. And then I have another podcast, a daily podcast called Daily Tips that may or may not help you with Ariel and Ned. And that one is monetized <laughs> through our hosting provider's um, dynamic insertion ad platform. Yeah, perfect. I love the name of that one. That's brilliant. There's so many things in there. <laughs> Passion fruit. This might be the That's answer cool, right? to a few questions that I've had in the last little oh, good. while, actually. Yeah, totally. Uh, thanks for bringing this up. We're, yeah, we run a few newsletters ourselves. We've got podcast pointers, we've got fiction podcast weekly, we've got um, podcast perspectives, and they're all kind oh, of. Oh, I get all hard. of them. Oh, cool. Yeah, <laughs> um, so, but they're hard to, it's hard. It's, it's hard to manage, isn't it? Yeah, the, the sponsorship side of things. It's so like it's so many logistics go into it, from the dates that you're running them to the prices, all that kind of stuff. So this yeah. looks really cool. All right, okay. Should we move on to? Well, Jacob, do you have any uh, final questions for Ariel before we get on and uh, find out Ariel's creator of the week? Hmm. Um. One last one. Um. If you had, yes. if you had unlimited time and money, what would be one project that is sat on your shelf that you would love to do? I have an answer for this right off the mm -hmm. bat. In July of 2021, I had a tweet go viral that said, a podcast where parents explain what their adult children do for a living. And it went mega viral, like 120 this. something thousand people <laughs> liked it. And yeah. it really resonated with people. To this day, it still gets screenshot and posted on Instagram on all those big meme accounts. And people comment and, and it. everybody has a story for it. Everybody has a thought when it comes to what their parents think they do for a living so i would make that podcast i would yeah. i would do it right i would you know source stories from all around the world i would really get really great music i would i would get funders i would make it happen if i had all the time in the world all the money in the world yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be it would be a good issue i mean you could see from the reaction how good it would be <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah it was amazing Cool. Nice. All right. So who do you think of when you think of good uh, creators in RAL? Who's uh, who's on your mind just now as a creator of the week? So I have a creator of the week 
who was not on my radar a few months ago and probably won't be on my radar in a few months in the audio space because Mm -hmm. they're doing a really great job right now at their launch, at their podcast launch. The show is called The Nightingale of Iran. It is a, it's a it's a show hosted by two sisters, Danielle and Galit Dardashti, and they discovered in their parents' basement a bunch of old tapes of their father and their grandfather, who were famous singers in Iran. And they're Jewish from Iran. And a few years after the height of their fame, the height of their family's fame, they left the country. And now, of course, we don't think of Iran necessarily as super hospitable to Jews. So the the story is like, why at the height of Judaism in Iran, so Jews were like fully accepted at this time, this was like the 70s, why did they leave? They were famous. Why did they leave? So they, they put together this six-episode story. Uh, the six, they put together this six-episode podcast series on the Nightingale of Iran, the Nightingale being the singer, their their grandfather, and their family history and family secrets. And it's a beautiful show. And they are crushing it when it comes to like getting all the press and then promoting themselves when they get all the press and then working the angles to try to get on panels and try to get on. They're just doing a really great job. So if you follow them on social media, you'll see what I'm talking about. And they also did everything right when it comes to the cover art is gorgeous. The audio quality is beautiful. They are crediting all of the people that make their show. So I'm just a a really big fan of how they're rolling it out. This looks really interesting. Yeah. It's, it, do they have a background in this? I mean, how yes. have you pulled this off? Yes. So they do. Okay. Galit, one of the sisters, is a singer herself. So she follows mm-hmm. in her father and grandfather's footsteps. And she sings music that is inspired by their family history, but also contemporary. Um, so she ha- she's, you know, has made a name for herself as a, a singer, as a Jewish singer. Um, and then her sister, Danielle, is a documentary maker. For years, uh, that helps. so they know how to make stories. Yeah. So you were saying they were getting loads of press, just taking real advantage of of that kind of stuff to get. Do you think they've? Have you seen anything they've done really well in terms of actually causing that? Like, how have they managed to get all that press in the first place? I'm just, I'm just kind of curious what has made this Danielle, launch so successful. Yeah. Danielle is a, a a mover, a shaker, a pusher. She yeah. finagled her way to get distributed by PRX. So PRX is helping with that, uh, the public radio exchange. And then what she's doing really well, and I'm friendly with her, so I, I made sure to push this on her. Every time she gets any little bit of press, so whether it's like, you know, being featured in Find That Pod or being mentioned by a person who loves a podcast and one of those podcasts happens to be you, you screenshot that and you post it and you say people are not stopping in their talking about this show. Right. So like I I noticed recently that they were trending on Apple Podcasts music history. Sorry. Yes. I noticed recently that they were trending on Apple Podcast Music History, but also that they were trending on Spotify's music charts. And I was like, you would have to click a million times to find this, but you should still celebrate this as if you are being featured. Like, <laughs> celebrate this and let people think that this is a huge deal because it is. That means that out of all the podcasts in the world, yours is being listened to enough to be charting on Spotify, to be charting on uh, Apple. That's huge. Yeah. So let people yeah. know that that's huge. That's amazing. That's really cool. Thanks. I'm yeah. going to listen to that as well. Okay, dokes. All right. Well, that'll do us for this week. Unless, um, yeah, unless there are any, any other questions for that, Jacob, before we finish up? No, I, I just, I love the framing that you put on uh, oh, the uh, the press stuff. Yeah. Uh, 
It's something that I think people don't do enough, celebrate the small wins, but actually tell, educate people you on how... To. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, if you if you kind of sit back and think this is, you know, this is cool, but it's not worth writing about, then no one else is going to think it's cool. No one else is going to get the hype. You have to be your, your own main yeah. hype person, for sure. I love it. Good energy. Don't let it leave people's minds, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Good words. All right, Ariel, <laughs> thank you so much for your time. Thanks for coming on. Some great tools, resources, all sorts of stuff in there. Uh, where would you say the best place is? Would you get them to go and sign up for uh, earbuds? Yes, I would love them? I would love for them to sign up for earbuds, but that's mm-hmm. not that's probably not the best direct line to me. I think the best okay. direct line to me, let's do threads because Twitter is fine at okay. this point. I'm still posting on Twitter, I am, but trying to build <laughs> up threads as well. I'm um, Ariel this and that on threads and Ari on this threads. and that on Twitter. I should probably consolidate yeah. that. But that's that's where we're at. <laughs> You're the person that knows social media best of anyone I know. So oh, are you, I are you is this you advocating uh, a move? I like threads. The big move. Yeah. yeah, I like threads. I I think um, right now it is, like I said, filled with garbage advice for creators. I toyed around with making a, a fake. Do you know what a Finsta is? A Finsta? No. Yeah, Finsta. It stands for fake Instagram. Um, okay. So this would be more of a Freds, a, fa- a fake threads. <laughs> a Freds. And yeah. <laughs> it would be me just quote tweeting shitty creator advice and being like, here's why this is wrong. <laughs> yeah. So I thought about nice. doing that. So if there is an account that pops up, and that is the premise of it, that would be me. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> or somebody's going to do it now and then blame it on you That's when all the, uh, the shit hits fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. Okay, cool. I need to go and check it out again. I signed up in the first uh, week or so. Oh, you good. Know, at the, least you have your account the, um, <laughs> selected. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Are you using it at all, Jacob? You even looked I, at same it. Same thing. Got it the first week. It was so dead that I just thought, yeah, I will either not come back or it come was. back another time. Yeah. yeah. But you think it's picking up now? Yeah. The podcast and creator world on threads is definitely picking up. Cool. Great. Yeah. Okay, we'll go and check it out. All right. Thanks again, Ariel. Thanks, Jacob. Thanks to you, listener, for listening. Uh, this is the Creator Toolbox. And we'll see you next time. Bye.